7 to 9 on 90.5 FM Community Supported Radio Serving the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania and the Upper Delaware Valley All those other towns, villages and hamlets who pick up our broadcast Big shout out to you WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Support for WJFF comes from Two Queens, offering coffee, tea, and bees. Located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. TwoQueensCoffee.com. And from listener donations at WJFFRadio.org. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Calicoon Theater an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at thecalicoontheater.com. Good morning and welcome to Catskill Character. I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg, and my guest today is photographer, podcaster, newsletter writer, and Lumberland, New York resident, Noah Kalina. Noah grew up on Long Island, and by the time he hit high school, he was no longer the A student he once was. Maybe he was just bored. In any event, the art department felt like a welcoming place to him, and he found that he was naturally good at photography. After high school, he went to the School of Visual Arts and honed his skills. Today, we're going to cover a lot of ground talking about the books he's helped to create, his podcast, his newsletter, his love of the Catskills, and his rooster, Marcel. My initial impression of Noah is that he's very chill, unassuming, and funny. Today will be the second time I'm speaking with him, and I doubt my first impression is going to change. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Noah Kalina. Welcome to Catskill Character, Noah. Thanks, Donna. It's great to be here. You know, it's good to be adaptable in life. And you told me, insofar as becoming a photographer goes, and this is a quote, I was learning the craft as it becomes obsolete. Let's talk about that. Yeah, well, specifically, uh, I was referring to film and darkroom printing becoming obsolete. Obviously, the craft of photography is very still very much alive. But when I was in school from uh, in high school into college, what I learned on was film photography that you then had to develop and print in a conventional darkroom. What, what's interesting about that is basically the year I graduated from college was the year that my college, the School of Visual Arts, decided to finally start a digital darkroom and a computer lab to get ready for <laughs> how photography changed. So basically the entire time I was there, everything I learned became essentially useless. Oh, boy. I don't think you said you had a plan about becoming a photographer. Like, you weren't planning on being a wedding photographer at any time, right? When I was in college, it might have been my sophomore year, a summer job I took was working for a wedding photography studio. That was truly one of the worst jobs I ever had in my life. And it taught me pretty much what I didn't want to become. And I kind of knew that, but it was a good lesson. And at least I knew what I didn't want to be. So you're a commercial photographer. 
I was wondering, in your mind, do you make a divide between your own personal work and your commercial work? Yeah, it's it's interesting because with photography, you can you can have your own art practice and you can show your work in in galleries and uh, and sell your work that way. But there's also a, a very robust commercial aspect to the medium from magazines and and then also which we call editorial and uh and commercial so like any ad you might see like in a magazine or on a billboard is photography and uh there's a there's a commercial component and that commercial component can actually be a very lucrative field so you can kind of mix what you do and work on both simultaneously because it's not like this is the type of career where you're shooting for work every single day of the week. I mean, certainly there are some photographers who are like that, but I'm the type of photographer who does a handful of commercial jobs a year and then has a whole lot of time to then work on my art and my art practice. You're lucky to be able to do that. And a lot of art, other kinds of uh, medium, they can't do that. But you don't just take pictures. There always seems to be a story emerging. Uh, You took a picture of yourself, for example, every day for about 20 years or more, and then made it into a video. What were you going for with that project? Well, that project started when I was 19 years old, and I was in college in art school. And it was I was noticing the emergence of digital photography technology. And even though it wasn't being taught in my school, I saw it as something that was happening and something I was very excited about. And I remember the first time I saw a digital camera and it just completely blew me away. It was just so cool and fascinating to me that you could just take a picture and see it right away and put it on your computer and start working on it or just print it out. I was someone who was very into computers at the time. It was kind of easy for me to just kind of adopt and start experimenting with. So when I finally got my first digital camera, I wanted to take advantage of the immediacy and that I just didn't need to walk to the photo lab and spend money developing my film because mm. I was a I was a poor college student. So this was something I could just do like literally every day. Like how do I take advantage of this? How do I use this technology and, and apply it to something on a long-term basis? You know, I was looking around and then I kind of saw myself and I was like, I'll just take a photo of myself every day. It's one of those things you start and you don't tell anyone you're doing it. The term selfie didn't exist. It wasn't something that people were just always taking photos of themselves. Certainly in art and especially photography, there's always been self-portraiture. So I was like, I'm just going to take a self-portrait of myself. And it just happens to be just my face. That was kind of seen as weird and embarrassing to do that. Uh, a lot of people just kind of dismissed it. So it was it was actually, year, I was doing it for years before anyone even really saw the project. I watched that whole video and I thought it was fascinating. But you know what really held my interest was your hair. You have great hair. And I love seeing the changes in your hair through all those years. Yeah, and I still have it, uh, yeah. amazingly. <laughs> I have the kind of hair that changes every day. It's not like I have a hairdo and it right. like stays. It's it's curly, wavy hair. So literally on a day-to-day basis, my hair always looks different. 
So I think that adds to the effect when you're watching the video. You don't Absolutely. have to just look in my eyes. You can, you can look at a lot of things that change. I want to talk about your book, Bed Mounds, which I thought was fascinating. And I, I'll just mention briefly that you have another book that a lot of people up here might know of, Cabin Porn. But let's talk about Bed Mounds. I want you to tell the listener about that project. Well, it, <laughs> it's kind of hard to uh, get to the root of it. I mean, I guess it came out of one day I was literally just making my bed. You know how you kind of stack the pillows and put uh -huh. the duvet over them. And then all of a sudden there was just this mound on my bed. It didn't have a name yet. It was like a, a blanket mountain. And I just grabbed my camera and I, I took a photo of it. And I was like, it, it just like called to me. And, and I think it was, it was like the sculptural element of mm the duvet on the bed and it, it always starts projects like that always just start with like that initial that one day you kind of see something and you're not sure if it's something but just stays in the back of your mind at that time I was traveling a lot for work so I was always on the road and always in different hotels I'm always looking for new things to take photos of so once I would check into a hotel I would just grab the duvet and the pillows and just make this sculpture on top of the bed. And it just became a thing that I did. It was one of those things I would do and leave it behind. Like what I would do it right before I checked out. So it was like this, this like indicator that I was still there or, or that I was once there. So I would do that. I would take the photo and then leave. And I'm sure people who have that book and look at those pictures, everyone sees something different in those bed mounds. Everyone's going to interpret them or put a bit of themselves and their own psychology into them. So that's what I found so fascinating. But I want to move on quickly to your newsletter. I know I could ask you about you know how you started it and everything, but I want to talk about two particular newsletters, the pizza delivery and the poppy seed. And I don't want to play favorites about pizza because, you know, I love the laundrette. Pizza. I love Pepino's. I love the Villa Como in Lake Como. But the best pizza for my taste is Benji and Jake's. Tell the story about the newsletter for pizza delivery. Yeah. Well, so my newsletter is just almost random stories and ideas that I just come up with. And I send one out every every Monday morning with pizza delivery. I don't really I don't remember what made me think of this particular idea but it but Hallie and Benji are good friends of mine and they uh they own Benji and Jake's and uh and I had wanted to do a story with them I know they have this uh sort of this sort of mobile pizza oven that they can bring around to parties and they've actually catered a friend of mine's wedding once so I know they're kind of on the road and I know that they're not open. They're usually not open in the winter anyway, but with COVID, they've been closed for a while. And I was just like, let's, let's do this story where you guys just come over and set up the oven and make me a pizza in my field. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and they're just so great and fun and down to collaborate. And it took about a week to just kind of set up and get together and, we set a day and we did it. Unfortunately, it happened to be like one of the coldest days of the year. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that that was it. And, you know, I, I sort of tell the story. They they made a menu for me 
Um, and, and of course, like not seen in the newsletter is we made a bunch of pizzas and I had invited some friends and neighbors to come and pick up a free pizza nice. at a very specific time. So, um, it wasn't, it wasn't just for me, although the newsletter makes it look like that. Um, uh-huh. we, I think we made like 15 or 20 pizzas that day. Wow. Well, we don't have time to talk about the poppy seed bagel, <laughs> but just let me say that you have delivered delivered information to people that's very important here, and that is that yes, that thing you heard about poppy seeds. If you're going to have a drug test, don't eat them beforehand. And you 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 know you know it's true now because Noah has documented it. <laughs> you have to go to his newsletter and read that one. Another valuable bit of information that you dispense is about chickens. Let's talk about chickens, and especially let's discuss your relationship with Marcel, your rooster. Well, I love chickens. A friend of mine up here was ta- had chickens, and she was talking about the chickens. And for whatever reason, like I, I just decided that I wanted to have them too. I think I, I think with a lot of things we. Uh, and especially great things, you sometimes go into it just completely naive, like you have no idea what it would require to do something, but you just are you just want to do it so bad you don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I came home one day and I told told my girlfriend, I was like, we're going to get chickens. And it was like, really? Uh, and somehow we ended up with a bunch of chickens and we've been raising them for maybe about four and a half years now. Um, and chickens are just, you, you learn so much about chickens when you raise them there, there, there's an incredible amount to talk about, but I think, I think the, the general thing is like most people don't understand how amazing they are as animals. They just, they take it for granted. They eat them. Obviously you get eggs from them, but they're a bird that just is filled with personality. And when, when you have a small flock and I think we currently have about 18 or 19 chickens. You can really tell them apart, and especially the roosters. And a rooster isn't something you need. You don't need to have a rooster with your flock, but they happen. Roosters happen accidentally. <laughs> like you can, when you order chickens, you can order them sex. So they should be hens. They should be female chickens that just lay eggs. But every now and then, uh, a rooster shows up and we're not the type of people who can kill our chickens. So, you know, we, th- we ended up with this one rooster uh, who we called Marcel and he is just an amazing chill rooster who's just filled with great personality and uh, is a real gentleman. Um, he's very chivalrous. He's always looking after his hens um, and he yells all the time and he's just great. <laughs> Do you think you know what he's saying? You know, I, I, I've come to the conclusion. Well, I don't know if it's a conclusion, but I, I have a theory that it's, uh, when he's, when he's yelling and we might've heard that earlier in the show, uh, when he's crowing, um, I think it's indicating, well, it can indicate a few things, but I think it's indicating that the hens are laying eggs because there, there was actually a time earlier in the winter, and my birds don't always lay. Uh, there's, there's a time of years, especially in winter, when it's so dark, they just aren't laying eggs. 
So when that's happening, Marcel isn't crowing. Oh, I see. Yeah, and just recently he started crowing a lot lately, and we've been getting a lot of eggs again. Huh. So, so I think there's some correlation between that and the hens. Sometimes I'll just bring Marcel into my studio just to take photos of or just let him hang out inside, and he'll start crowing, and I think that's because he wants to let his hens know he's around. He just wants to make his presence known for his hens to feel safe. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I think this is a good place to take a break. You're listening to Catskill Character on WJFF Radio Catskill. I'm Donna Fellenberg, and my guest today is photographer Noah Kalina from Lumberland, New York. We'll be right back after the break. As major record companies recognized the crossover appeal of black music, African-American musicians found more acceptance. I'm Jackie Gales Webb. Join me for the final hour of the 25th anniversary edition of Black Radio, Telling It Like It Was, from PRX and the Smithsonian. Sunday afternoon at 1 on Radio Catskill. WJFF, Jeffersonville, W233AH, Monticello. Welcome back to Catskill Character. If you've just joined us, I'm speaking today with photographer Noah Kalina. In the first half of the show, we spoke about several of his projects that include the creation of the books he's been involved with, Cabin Porn and Bed Mounds, which is the culmination of a long-term project he did where he created and captured sculptural forms in the middle of beds around the world. Noah writes a newsletter that I found fascinating. And we got to talk about pizza. We didn't get to talk about the poppy seed bagels, maybe another time. He also talked about chickens and Noah's rooster Marcel. We covered a lot of ground. In this half of the show, we're going to discuss the podcast Noah's doing with his friend in L.A., Adam Lisagor, and what kind of an impact COVID-19 has had on Noah. So first, the podcast. Noah, I never listen to podcasts. At least I don't think I'm listening to them. Yours is the first one I've actually listened to, and I laughed out loud. So I guess you've opened up the world of podcasts for me. Mm-hmm. All Consuming is the name of your podcast. And I'd love to hear how it came to be and what you do and how you do it. So with my newsletter, I do a lot of different stories. And one of the stories I told was about a product that uh, I tried because it was served to me as an, an ad on Instagram. And it's a product called Nugs. And it's they call it a chicken nugget simulation. And basically, they're vegetarian chicken nuggets. They look like chicken nuggets. On the cover of that box uh, is a picture of someone feeding a nug to a rooster. And that ob- like that obviously spoke to me because I have a rooster. And, and he'll really eat anything. So I was like, well, let's see if Marcel will eat this nug. And he didn't. He rejected the nug. But the people who make nugs ended up seeing this newsletter and they decided they put out a new version of their product and they wanted me to try it again because they said that the the nugs were better and they were and i tried to feed one to marcel and he ate it and that this is just kind of the stories that i tell on my on my newsletter my friend adam 
happened to see that and he really enjoyed it. And he thought like, you know, I tell these stories. Why don't we try to do a podcast together where we talk about things? And we were thinking about ideas of what the show should be. And I kind of came up with the idea that it's all about products that we are served to on the Internet. And they totally range, you know, they range from anything from health and wellness to food to to travel accessories. So that's kind of the the idea of the show. It revolves around a product. And then him and I just kind of spend an hour talking about it, but also talking about other things in life and sometimes politics. Yeah, because that podcast is an hour long. So yeah, definitely. And it's, you could say it's a review site, like we're reviewing products. And we do have a review at the end where we have a a scale that I call my world famous 100 point scale that uh, that we give the product a rating. But it's it's all about it. Other, we go on tangents, and um, we're we're definitely not experts in anything other than like just living in the world and having personal preferences. So we just we're just talking, and we're probably wrong about most things. <laughs> Do you have like a standout product that you remember? Yeah, well, there, there's been a few that have been nice and good, and uh, there was a there was a toilet paper company called Real that made bamboo toilet paper, and I unexpectedly loved it. But there was one called Balls, which was a uh, a razor for specifically for your under parts that turned out to be really excellent, and it's got this really kind of funny name and ridiculous name. But it's actually a really excellent product for what it is and what it's supposed to do. That's what it's called, balls? That's right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're going to jump off of that. Your philosophy is expect disappointment, but marvel at getting things, which I think is great. And it it makes me think about COVID because during COVID, we've had a lot of postal problems. Um, How have you specifically, and I don't mean just postal, how have you specifically been affected by COVID? Yeah, well, fortunately, I live up here in uh, beautiful Sullivan County, New York, and uh, pretty much away from people. So just being in this area has been has been nice because we don't have to be around a lot of people. Uh, But in terms of um, just professionally speaking, like my business, my business almost completely disappeared last year where travel was a major component to what I do. Um, it entirely disappeared. So as a result, I sort of had to figure out what I was going to spend my time doing um, specifically at home. And we talked about this earlier and you said it made you pivot. Yeah, well, I I had started the newsletter um, c- kind of a year before COVID started, but when this happened and I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be busy with traditional work and commercial type of work, I figured I would like dedicate my time and my weeks to coming up with stories and almost, I, I, I hate to say that the newsletter is like my full-time job, but it's definitely something that like I now dedicate a lot of my 
energy to. And that's kind of great because it's something I fully love and enjoy to do. And previously, like it was like, it was kind of just something I did as a side thing and I didn't really take it that seriously, but this gave me the opportunity to like look at what I had had already built and kind of build upon that. Uh, when you said you it made you pivot, though, you were talking about how you see the world. And um, I don't remember the exact quote, but it said you said it made you more concerned about the world and that you wanted everyone to be okay. So it's, it sounds to me like you, COVID gave you a time to turn not so much inward, but outward and to really look at the world and your appreciation for it grew. Oh, well, absolutely. Like, uh, fortunately, be, like I, I've had a nice career and I was able to uh, set my life up in a way that I'm comfortable and, and safe and healthy. Um, and just seeing what happened with COVID and the world, it's, it's deeply upsetting. And really, I want, no one wants to see anyone get sick or be hurt. And it's like, now, now is the, the time, the time, the time, and especially being an artist, like you tend, you tend to like, really just think about yourself all the time and just worry about yourself. And it's like this, what this past year was, a, was really about like kind of opening up and showing more, more empathy towards the world and hoping and, and trying to help in the ways that I can to make sure that everyone can come out of this better and healthier. Noah, I'm, I'm so happy to speak with you. And I, w I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Donna. It was a pleasure. Anytime. I love your show. Thank you. I, I, I think I'm going to have you back after COVID. And uh, we'll do another, a whole other post-COVID show. Does that sound good? Oh, yeah. We got to get together in person and do this. Okay. You've been listening to Catskill Character with today's guest, Noah Kalina. Noah's website is noahkalina.com. You can sign up for his newsletter there. The name of his podcast is All Consuming, and his book, Cabin Porn, is for sale at the River Gallery in Narrowsburg, New York, and on Amazon. Tune in next week for another episode of Catskill Character. I might be speaking to someone you know. Check out the Catskill Character Facebook page, which is still under construction because I'm just not good at this stuff. Catskill Character is on every Saturday at 11.30, right after Farming Country and before the Janice Adams Show at 12 noon. Join Greg Treeks the last Saturday of the month in the 11.30 time slot for Travels with Treeks. I'm your host, Donna Fellenberg, and I thank you so much for tuning in right here to WJFF Radio Catskill. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Calicoon Theater, 
an updated vintage movie theater with new releases, film festivals, nostalgic screenings, live music events, and more. Information and schedule at thecalicoontheater.com. Support for WJFF comes from Two Queens, offering coffee, tea, and bees. Located in Pete's Plaza, Narrowsburg, New York. TwoQueensCoffee.com. And from listener donations at WJFFRadio.org. On the next Fresh Air, Walter Isaacson. His new book is about discoveries related to RNA, the molecule at the heart of the gene-editing tool CRISPR, which is being used in the fight against genetic diseases. RNA is also the basis of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines. Isaacson was part of a clinical double-blind study of the Pfizer vaccine. Join us. Monday afternoon at 3 on Radio Catskill. If you hear good music, you're listening to Radio Catskill. Clyde Alvin Yates III sets it off Saturday night at 7. At 9, an hour of global sounds on Afropop. Then at 10, Selector, Starkey, and DJ Chuck spend four hours of funk, hip-hop, and more on Old School Sessions. Saturday night, only on Radio Catskill. Let me borrow it. WJFF Jeffersonville and W233AH Monticello. Support comes from the Homestead School, Lens Bay, New York. Montessori education and life skills for preschool through 8th grade on an 85-acre campus with farm animals. Award-winning solar-powered alternative since 1978. Homesteadschool.com. Support for Radio Catskill comes from the Neversink General Store. Featuring an award-winning chef, smoked barbecue year-round, local products and catering. Now offering takeout, NeverSinkGeneralStore.com. And from listeners like you. Trying to make it real compared to what? I had reasoned this out in my mind. I would fight for my liberty so long as my strength lasted. And if the time came for me to go, the Lord would let them take me. I can't die but once. This week on the Janice Adams Show, we pay tribute to the greatest Underground Railroad conductor of them all, Harriet Tubman. We're on the road taking a path through his, through his.